0: I'm Owen Bean with Bean Farm in Comanche, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. With the largest farm news team in the lone star state now here's the host of texas ag today Gary martin
1: hello texas it's time for another edition of texas ag today and the temperatures are dropping once again all over the state so jump on in with me buckle up we're gonna take a ride around the lone star state as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation Texas Agriculture. In the news today, feedlots are profitable. Yes, we do have very high feed costs right now, as well as high feeder cattle costs but fed cattle prices are well into the 140s now, and that makes for a bit of a profit for the feed yards. We'll take a close look at that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: In the Texas high plains, If you want to make the most out of your water, you might want to consider making less use of the plow. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
3: The U.S. grain sorghum export market is dominated by sales to China. Meanwhile, Australia and Argentina are the major competitors to the United States when it comes to sorghum. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
4: I think plants are just as ready as we are to see spring and the weather is going to dictate when they break dormancy. Please join me, John Fagno, as we talk about a Texas
1: spring. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Feed costs are soaring, but fed cattle prices are now in the low 140s and that's allowing feedlots to make a little money. Robbie Kirkland with Kirkland Feed Yard in Vega, Texas says he's able to keep cattle in the black for now.
5: I'd say probably we're setting kind of a real ballpark here, but you know, cattle are making probably, I would say $100 a head, maybe $150 a head right in here. So And that's could go either way aside of that, but uh, but that's, that's kind of probably on average. Cattle are making a little money. You know, like I said, we're able to get this price up close to this $1.40 range and cost of gains are still kind of running on cattle. We're closing out now kind of running in the $1.10 to $1.15 range and so we still able to make a little profit on them right now.
1: Of course it's a constant financial balancing act to remain profitable with the rising cost of grain and the rising cost of feeder cattle. We produce a lot of pecans here in Texas with San Saba claiming to be the pecan capital of the world and the world's largest pecan residing in Seguin. So if you want to get into pecan production, there's a workshop coming up just for you.
6: Are you interested in managing a pecan orchard? To help Texans with little or no experience, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension is hosting the Texas Pecan Short Course February 22nd through the 25th at the Texas A&M University Horticulture Teaching, Research, and Extension Center in Somerville. That's just east of the main A&M campus in Bryan College Station. The short course is a comprehensive educational class for commercial pecan orchard management. It covers all facets of pecan orchard management, from basic tree anatomy and physiology to annual budget planning. The course will be taught indoors and at the Texas A&M Pecan Orchard. Cost is $300. Free registration is required. Register at agriliferegister.tamu.edu. That is agriliferegister at tamu.edu. Simply search Texas Pecan Short Course. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
1: Good news for Texas dairy producers. 2022 will see the highest milk and dairy product prices in years. USDA Outlook Board Chairman Martin Jekinowski says the dairy herd is shrinking, and that's cutting milk output. our production forecast this month by 500 million pounds. Down to 227.2 billion pounds. Now that's still about a billion pounds more than last year, but it's showing growth at a much slower pace than expected. USDA is now projecting this year's milk price to average 2355 100 weight. That would be the highest all milk price since 2014. And 26 percent higher than last year's average price if you want to make the most out of your water you may want to consider making less use of the plow james hunt has the story from the texas high plains
2: barry evans of cress says he and his fellow texas high plains farmers need to accept the reality of our region's diminishing water supply
5: we try to chase water we always want more water but the fact is there's not more water and we have to make do with what we have or without and, and count on the rainfall So whatever we can do to make profitable farming here without irrigation is what I want to see happen.
2: And for Evans, who counts himself among those whose farms are now relying heavily on capturing rainfall, going no-till helps make the most of the moisture that does come.
5: Where no-till is an important factor is to capture rainfall, you need organic matter. You need trash on top of the ground is the first thing you really need because when that rainfall hits, you want it to stay where it hits. You don't want it to run off. And if your ground is plowed and slick, you know, once that ground seals off after rain, then everything else runs off. So if you have trash on top of the ground, which is accomplished by not plowing it, then you'll help capture that rainfall. Then the other thing that we're starting to really learn about, and it's such an untapped science, are the microbials in the ground, the mycorrhizal fungi and the mites and just all sorts of things in the ground. And whenever you run a plow, you disrupt that. And when you disrupt that, that, that disrupts your water holding capacity and also plowing decreases your organic matter. And the more organic matter and more trash you have, the more water you can hold.
2: I visited with Barry Evans during the Soil Health Symposium, which was presented in Amarillo last week by the nonprofit organization known as No-Till Texas. Among the topics covered at the symposium was using livestock integration as a way to improve soil health. That's something we'll talk about in later reports. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Sorghum is contributing to a U.S. agricultural export record.
2: Tom
3: Nicoletti has more from the Executive Director of National Sorghum Producers. A $177 billion record was set last year for exports of U.S. farm and farm products, according to figures from the American Farm Bureau Federation and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Sorghum played a role with shipments worldwide. Tim Lust is Executive Director of the National Sorghum Producers.
7: We've had very good sales on the export market. Most of last year's crop or a significant part is shipped or is already sold and being shipped. So we're going to go into that in good shape. Obviously, everybody's watching South America and the drought situation there as well. Just some really good opportunities to also lock in some very high board prices. When we look at where price opportunities are today, there's some opportunities that we just haven't seen in in 10 years. So good opportunities to take advantage of some of those prices. Tim, where are some of the prime export markets for the U.S. when it comes to sorghum? Continue to be dominated with China. China has bought about 80% of our crop and continues to be a very strong draw on the international market. What about uh, competitors who are our major competitors? Certainly Australia and uh, Argentina are our main competitors. Australia's got a really good crop this year. Never a huge crop in Australia, just just not that large of a producer, but uh, one of the things that really has got my attention is is the value of the dollar in Australia has dropped tremendously compared to the U.S., and so certainly gives them some competitiveness that we haven't seen in the past uh, because of that. Certainly, Argentina's had some increased acres and, and has a crop there, although certainly struggling with some drought issues down in
3: Argentina as well. That is Tim Lust with the National Sorghum Producers, based in Lubbock. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We are
1: right in the middle of cold winter weather here in Texas, but San Angelo horticulturalist John Begno says spring will be here before we know it.
4: Well, if you're like me, you've had days that have been in the 70s and nights the very next night down in the teens, and that's not unusual for February across Texas. And what we see many times is that plants, especially those that are in a microenvironment that might be protected on the south side of a home, that would want to break dormancy prematurely. Peaches are a great example. You know, if they're in the wide open and they're exposed to night temperatures that remain fairly cool, then they're not going to break dormancy quite as rapidly as those that have some of that late-day heating because of bricks and walls and stuff like that. So beware that there's not anything you can do. It's not frost cloth. There's not a heater underneath it. There's not anything you can do to stop this dormancy once it breaks. What happens is there are compounds and hormones that these plants generate or that are laying asleep. And when the temperatures and the daylight and especially soil temperatures reach a certain point point, then bingo, they are ready to grow, whether it's going to freeze again or not, and nothing that you can do. That's one of the reasons if you're choosing fruit trees right now, that you try to choose a peach tree that's acclimated to your temperature so it won't break, break dormancy real premature. And so that's one of the things we look for. Right now in February, though, we're not scared of planting. It's a great time to plant fruit trees, pecan trees. It's also uh, other shade trees and any cold, hardy plant. If you have shrubs that you know are very cold hardy, don't be scared to get them in the ground. They're going to be just fine. And then there are a lot of other tasks besides planting. We're still pruning. We're still cleaning up. We're still establishing mulch. We're plowing ground that's going to be planted. We look at the price of vegetables in the grocery store. and we're, we're stimulated to go ahead and have our first garden maybe, And that's a great idea. But you're doing all of that preparation now. that when the juices are ready to flow and plants will grow safely because weather is warm enough, then you can plant. This is John Bagno reporting for Texas Ag Today from San Angelo.
6: The Ranching and Wildlife Expo is returning to the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo in just a few days. I'm Jessica Domewold, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
1: And a new study has shown that regular trimming and shoeing should not affect your horse's gait. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Need money for college? Between the state and county Farm Bureau's more than $693,000 in scholarships is awarded to high school seniors, enrolled college students, and technical college students. You could be one of them. These scholarships and awards are another way Texas Farm Bureau invests in the future of Texas agriculture. Find out if you qualify on texasfarmbureau.org. That's texasfarmbureau.org. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships is waiting for you to apply. The application deadline is March 1st.
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. A new study shows that regular trimming and
1: shoeing should not affect your horse's gait. Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at the study.
8: We know that horses seem more comfortable after their regularly scheduled trims, and the four- to six-week farrier schedule corresponds to the amount of hoof growth that can be removed without changing their hoof angles to a significant degree. Dr. Maureen Kelleher from Virginia Tech performed a study looking at how horses move just before and after a regular trim and shoeing. It was reported in the horse publication that her group took high-quality photographs of the front feet of 15 sound riding school horses just before and after their regularly scheduled farrier visits with the same farrier. The researchers also equipped the horses with inertial sensors at the pole over the sacrum and the right front pastern and watched them trotting before and after the farrier visit. As expected, the software analysis showed that the feet were shorter after the trim and this modified certain hoof angles. However, the trim did not affect medial and lateral angles, which would be the outside and inside of the hoof. And even overall angles were changed less than 1.5 degrees which likely would not have a tremendous effect on their gait. Movement at the trot was essentially the same before and after trimming, except for a slight alteration in the swing phase of the stride, causing less upper head movement. Some horses did have noticeable changes in the dorsal hoof wall length, heel length, heel overhang length, and showed slightly less hind limb push-off after the trim. However, all of the differences were minor, and the trim did not change the horse overall on horses that are in a regular trim and shoeing cycle. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: The Ranching and Wildlife Expo is returning to the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo this year. Jessica Dommel has the details in today's wildlife report.
6: The 90th anniversary of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo kicks off in just a few days. And this year's event once again includes the popular Ranching and Wildlife Expo. Kyle Walker, Livestock Show Coordinator, says the expo will run February 28th through March 5th on the second floor at the east end of the NRG Center in Houston.
9: We'll have vendor booths set up, everything from fashion and accessories to ranch, real estate companies, and everything in between. On Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we will have our educational seminars that will happen in a meeting room right there by the expo. Tuesday, March 1st, we'll focus on some continuing education credits starting at 1 o'clock. And then on Wednesday, they're going to focus on small acreage management. That's going to start up at 11.30 and again, go to about 4.30 or 5. And then on Thursday, they're going to focus on the large acreage management starting at 11 and going again until about 5 o'clock. We are going to have a couple of interesting programs that are always really popular would be the wild game preparation. We bring in a chef from Brennan's. They're going to do a wild game preparation demonstration. It looks like a is going to be turtle, alligator, and frog legs this year.
6: Again, that is February 28th through March 5th at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. The seminars are free. If you pre register online, you will receive complimentary grounds and parking passes for the Ranching and Wildlife Expo. You can do that at rodeohouston.com. Click on the link that says Visit the Rodeo and then the link that says Ranching and Wildlife Expo. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel.
1: Live cattle traded on both sides of Unchanged on Tuesday, but the feeder cattle market dropped lower. The big reason for that? A big jump in grain prices. We'll take a closer look at all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
6: is National FFA Week, February 19th through the 26th, and FFA students across the country are celebrating and sharing the FFA story. I'm National FFA Central Region Vice President, Courtney Zimmerman from the state of Wisconsin. National FFA Week is a time to share what FFA is and the impact it has on members. It's the top school-based youth leadership organization and cultivates and nurtures future leaders who will change how the world grows. Share your FFA stories during hashtag FFA Week.
0: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
1: A big jump in the grain markets definitely affected our cattle trade on Tuesday. Live cattle traded on both sides of Unchanged. We ended up closing slightly higher in most live cattle contracts, but the feeder market felt the pressure from the big jump in corn prices, and we closed lower. We'll start with live cattle. We're February. We're up 50 cents, 143.75. The April up 15 at 146.02. June live cattle up 40, closing at 141.90. March feeder cattle dropped a dollar 20, 164.22. The April down $1.72 dollar 72 at 169.12. May feeder cattle down $1.37 dollar at 174.52. Cash fed cattle trade all quiet on Tuesday. Asking prices here in the South at 144 to 145. No bids reported from the Packers. Boxed beef was mixed on Tuesday choice down 207 at 26202 select up 94 cents 26278. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear cattle in the alleyway, that means we had a special female sale
7: in San Saba with Kim Jordan this last Saturday. How'd that thing turn out?
10: Gee, Billy, we had right at twenty one hundred nineteen head of cattle after we kind of went through and cleaned everything up. And we loaded around twenty three hundred. We sold some on Thursday and some sold the next Thursday buyers we had, very well represented. We had buyers from New Mexico, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Tennessee, Florida, all across Texas, and had right at seven hundred and twenty-one on the internet. Better younger pairs and the fleshier pairs, they range mostly from seven seven 75 up to twenty three hundred and fifty dollars. I bought some of the solid mouth pairs and pairs, maybe younger pairs carrying less flesh. They sold depending on the size of everything, from thirteen and a quarter up to seventeen. 50. The bred cows were in very, very good demand. We had over a thousand head of those bred cows on hand. The young, medium to long bred cows, they basically sold as a whole, kind of from fifteen seventy-five up to two thousand fifty dollars. You get a more solid amount of cows. Uh, some of the cows carrying maybe less flesh, and some short bred cows, maybe one, two, and three months spread, They brought mostly from a thousand up to fifteen fifty. We had a good deal of bred heifers were offered, but the bigger, medium to long bred heifers, they pretty well range from fourteen fifty up to nineteen seventy five. I thought the smaller, younger age heifers maybe weren't quite as big, or whatever, and they're carrying maybe some a little pl- less flesh due to the drier condition we've had. But overall, they brought from nine and a quarter up to fourteen twenty five, depending on the size, the kind, and how far they bred. The open heifers, I thought, were all overall in very, very good demand throughout the day. They brought mostly from a thousand up to sixteen hundred fifty dollars. Except we had a real, real fancy set of tiger stripe peppers brought $2,500 on them. And so overall, very, very good sale. A lot of people there, a lot of good representation, and very, very good market, Larry.
4: Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Ken.
10: You bet. Give us a call, call at 325-372-5159. Remember, on Thursday, we got the Leachman Stabilizer Bulls. It'll be about 65 or so of those. And we got 28 of the Luffiston Red Angus Bulls will be there Thursday, starting at 10 o'clock. Larry. We
7: appreciate it, Ken. Thank you so much.
10: You bet. Thank you, Larry. Bye-bye. Appreciate it.
1: Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble here in Central Texas reporting for Texas Ag today. Thanks Larry, now back over to the futures market where the hog market just continues to climb higher. April hogs jumped another 267 on Tuesday closing at 11207, May hogs up 230 to close at $1.15.65. Class 3 milk was mixed, nearby February milk down 2 cents at 2088 100 weight. March milk up to at 22.42. Traders in the grain and cotton markets continuing to keep an eye on the Russia Ukraine situation. That really boosted the grain markets on Tuesday. We closed sharply higher on corn and wheat. However, it did not support the cotton market. Cotton finished lower with May cotton down 87 points at 120.29, October cotton down 118 at 105.88. While December cotton dropped 113 points to finish at 101.66, the real reaction to the Russia-Ukraine situation in the grain markets on Tuesday. The corn market sharply higher. Wheat was almost limit up. March corn jumped 20 and a half to close at 6.74 and three quarters. May corn up 19 and three quarters, 6.72 and a half. While new crop September corn was up 12 and a quarter, 6.21 a bushel. The wheat market sharply higher July Kansas City wheat up 45 and 3 quarters, closing at 886 and a half. July Chicago wheat up 46 and 3 quarters, 847 and a half. In the energy markets, March Natural Gas up six cents, four hundred forty-nine, March crude oil up a dollar twenty, ninety-two twenty-seven a barrel. The financial markets were lower Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down 282 points at 33,797. The NASDAQ down 37 at 13,501. The S&P down 16, 4,330. That wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet.